Want to support the show and get free stuff while you do so? Go to patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more information. Dr. Loomis? Yeah. Dr. Loomis. Thank God you're here. You heard her last night, didn't you? It was Jamie. I'm sorry. I, I don't know you, do I? I'm Tommy. Uh, Tommy Doyle. Lori Strode, Jamie's mother, was babysitting me the night when... Tommy Doyle. What are you doing? Please. I need to know the truth. Michael Myers has come home, hasn't he? What, what, what do you know about Michael? I know he's still out there. People in this town, they want us to believe he's dead, but I know. I've always known. She's out there fighting for her life. If she should die, she is the last of his bloodline. No, not to Loomis. She's not the last. Oh, God. There's a family, relatives of the people who adopted Lori, Strodes. They're living in the Myers house. Dr. Loomis, about Michael. It's just a theory of mine. But... Meet me tonight, at 9 o'clock at the campus rally. Tommy, wait! Wait! Tommy, wait! Oh, there you are. Who is that boy? An old friend. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Michael Myers is back to terrorize the people of Haddonfield once again. This time, he has help from a mysterious cult. But will they be any match for Dr. Loomis and Tommy Doyle? Tonight, we find out when the dolls wrap up spooky season with Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. And now, the Dolls of Horror. What an excellent day for an exorcism. guys welcome back to the dolls of horror podcast the spot to feed your tormented addiction i'm summer and i'm jamie oh it's our last episode of spooky season it went by so fast also oh. not fast at all because it's always like spooky season in our lives but this That's was extra true. spooky i mean to be fair I, I pretty much only watch halloween movies like the halloween franchise mm -hmm. during october because i don't want to burn myself out on it that's a good plan. It's easy to burn out on that. Right. So I'll go through a binge of all the Halloween movies every October, but I try to stay away from them unless, in this case, like we are doing homework before October, just so I don't like get tired of them because I love these films. For I sure. So we are continuing our traditional Halloween franchise with the next one from last year, which is Halloween 6, The Curse. Michael Myers. As always, I had to check my Roman numerals and make sure I was on the right one. 
I'm always like, hey, it's this one, right? It's this one. Yes, it's this one. <laughs> Fun fact, this is the only one that doesn't use a Roman numeral. I was going to say, and I didn't really see anything. All right. This was released in 1995. This one is super duper special to me. My origin story with this, I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast and on other podcasts, was my very first horror movie in a theater. Oh, that's so special. It's always better when like you see it for the first time in a horror or in a movie theater. Yeah. So I'm assuming this came out around October. So I was probably just about to turn 13 at this time in a couple of months. And I've been begging my mom to take me to see a scary movie in a theater for a few years. But she said, you're too young, you're too young, you're too young. Finally, she gave in. My brother and sister were not born yet. They were about to be born. I remember this because my mom was pregnant. And then the whole childbirth scene... (laughs) She was already super nervous about giving birth to twins. So yeah. it was not great was not great for her at all. Yeah, but childbirth trauma. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, so this installment, while it is definitely not close to being the best installment in the franchise, is very special and dear to me personally because of that experience. So I'm gonna give this one probably an unfairly high rating heads up hey it's your rating so all is fair in our own ratings right that's how we feel about the movie so i will say i will say this one you know like you said it's not the best one in the franchise but honestly in my opinion it's not the worst either i am way more a fan of this one than i am of like newer iterations in the Mm -hmm. halloween franchise honestly so like I haven't seen this one in a while and rewatching it, I will say it has like grown on me since the last time that I watched it, like big time. Like because mm-hmm. I know I was I was watching it more, you know, mindfully, of course, like taking more notes, paying attention to more things. And I'm like, all right, this has grown on me a bit. Still not the best one, but it is by far not the worst one in my opinion, if we're looking at a bunch of the newer ones, which I'm less of a fan of for sure. Now, do you like this one more or less than the Rob Zombie ones? Hmm. For me, it's more, obviously, but I like this one. And I was not a fan. Uh, I liked some of the parts of the Rob Zombie ones, but only specific parts of those movies. As the movies as a whole, didn't like them. I'm not really into the Rob Zombie ones myself. Um, I, if, I would say like the first one, I do kind of like that like second half of it where it is like the remake of the original, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but um, I'm not a huge fan of the Rob Zombie Halloween. So ooh, it's been a while since I've seen them, but I'd probably say that at this point in time, I probably like this one better. So I said it. (laughs) (laughs) And I know, of course, you like this one better than the last three that have come out. I know that. I did not like the last three. I'm not a fan. I'm not. I right. wanted to be. I was excited about them. Where I was like, "Yeah, new Halloween movies. This is gonna be cool. I'm gonna see them in the theater. And it's gonna be great. And I'm gonna be happy, happy, happy." And I was like, "I'm not happy, happy, <laughs> happy after this. I'm like, I'm happy because I went to a movie and that was fun and I had popcorn, but it wasn't what I wanted." <laughs> I also had a different experience, at least for Halloween 2018. I went to the theater mm-hmm. for it, right, and. Because seeing Halloween 6 in the theater was so magical for me, as soon as that score popped up on the screen, I was having the feels, the 
12 year old summer feels of seeing Aww. part six in the theater. I got physical goosebumps. I almost cried tears of joy. I had this real visceral reaction just to hearing the music in the yeah. surround sound because I didn't see H2O in the theater, Resurrection in the theater. I did not see mm. the Rob Zombie ones in the theater. So I hadn't had a Halloween theater experience since part six. So, huh. yes, I had a little bit more of a positive reaction just because of the connections and the music of it all and the memories mm. of it all when I saw them in the theater. When is the first time you saw this movie? I don't know exactly. This one kind of blends in um, again, like by this point, by Halloween six, you know, I was kind of just like knocking them out because I wanted to see them all. So it was somewhere in my viewing of this franchise. So this would have been when I was like, I don't know, 19, 20, 21, somewhere in that range. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, it was never one of my favorites. Um, but after rewatching it this time, I definitely has grown on me. Aww. And we were talking about this earlier. You watched the original theatrical version. Mm -hmm. I, for the first time ever, watched the extended, what was it called? The producer's cut, I think they called it. Oh, okay. This is a really funny story. I'm going to tell it really quickly. Okay. I bought this on iTunes years ago because it came part of a pack. It was mm. all the Halloween movies. It was something like $50 or something. So it was quite a deal. That is a deal. About years ago, probably might have even purchased them before 2018 came out. So I never watched part six on my iTunes before. I always put in my DVD. My DVD is very old. It is the original version. The version I'm seeing in the theater. That's what I am used to. I'm watching this movie on my phone, as I do, and I'm hearing things that don't really sound familiar, but it's just a little bit here and there. Maybe a few words in a, in a phrase is different in my brain. And I thought, oh, I'm just imagining things. I just don't remember correctly. <laughs> Halfway through, they brought back adult Jamie in the hospital, but... I definitely remembered at that moment that we only saw her in the beginning getting yeah. killed. Yeah. Only. There was no more adult Jamie. And that's when I'm, I text me and I'm like, I think I'm watching a different version. You're like, I don't oh. remember this. <laughs> She's like, oh, oh, you are. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Cause I thought I was losing my damn mind. <laughs> anyway, that being said, I have so much nostalgia and feelings for the original i didn't like this one a lot like i hated it i can see that yeah because you're like this is not no what's happening here <laughs> they changed a lot mm -hmm. i was going to talk about this in story but i'm going to talk about this now may i yeah let's get this out of the way okay it had been at least a year since i'd seen six okay on dvd these are just some quick notes that i noticed they added Jamie Lloyd scenes. They added kid Jamie Lloyd scenes too. Okay. I don't think I've seen this version. No. I don't think you I've would seen know. this version. I think I would. Now that I'm hearing all of it, I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen this version. It's, it's not just a couple of scenes. It's a lot different. A lot. Wow. So they added more adult Jamie, even in the middle of the movie, more adult Jamie. They added kid Jamie where they showed 
what happened the night of that explosion in the police station. Oh. They had longer radio spots for Barry Sims. I didn't mind that. I liked Barry Sims. Okay, that was fine. But that was much, much longer. So many, took so many more phone calls from listeners. Wow. Much more Jamie chase in the train station. Like a lot, okay. that was a lot longer. The chase drug on. And when I say drug, I mean drug on way too long. All right. Her kill was different because you see your body later. Totally different. Mm. There was a lot more Loomis in this. I did like that part. There was a lot more Loomis scenes. A lot. I was going to say, I don't mind that ever. <laughs> so that's cool. That. I don't <laughs> mind that. One of my biggest complaints about this was there wasn't enough Loomis for me. I liked him. Yeah. He's obviously part of the reason besides that mask. Oh, why we watch these movies. Yeah. Until we lost him. He was it. They added, you know, little Danny. The yeah. Kid. Yeah. They added a whole bunch of scenes where he's hearing a voice telling him to do things. And they mentioned it a little bit with Mrs. Blankenship. He hears the voices, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I liked that better because there were so many scenes where he's staring off into space or looking out the window like Laurie Strode did and hearing voices. Yeah. Telling him to do things. Hated it. Maybe I'm being too critical because I have such fondness for the original. And last but not least, and there's so much more different. Wow. We'll talk about the ending and the ending of this podcast. But... There is a scene, which I'll have Nina play these two clips side by side so we can hear them. The little girl and right before they find Barry Sims. Yeah. In the producer's cut, she's singing. And now in this version, she's just speaking it. Mommy, it's raining. It's raining red. Mommy, it's raining red. It's raining. It's warm. I prefer the spoken version. Nina says she prefers the sing-song version. Jamie, I'll send these clips to you and you can tell me which version you prefer later. Uh, it sounds so different. Also, oh my God, this pissed me off. They had, I never thought I'd say this ever about Halloween. They had too much Halloween score. It was so distracting. It was, where is, I don't know if in the original it was silence and just regular like walking and talking sounds or if they had a different piece of music in the background, but in so many more of these scenes, they had the score just blaring at you. And it took mm -hmm. me out of everything. I hated it. And I love the score. This is one of my favorite scores. It's so iconic. It used to be my ringtone for years. But, I mean, it was too much. Too much score, guys. What the fuck? I never thought I'd say that about this movie. Uh, it can happen. I mean, I will say that in the version I watched, which was the theatrical version, it sounds like, um, you know, the theme is a little bit more like rockin' than it yeah. has been in past ones. But, you know, it wasn't like there were some points where I was like, it's a little, it's a little much, guys. But it wasn't to the extent that like you're talking about. It was so much. One scene specifically when, what's Paul Rudd's character's name? Uh, Tommy. Tommy, right? 
I have Friday the 13th on my brain still, so I keep thinking Tommy Jarvis, and I'm like, that is not Yeah, I know, right. and you're like, that's the wrong Tommy. <laughs> two, to two Tommies this year in October we've talked about. So I was right. It was Tommy. So when Tommy's in the train station finding the baby, right, that was mm -hmm. extended a whole lot. It dragged. It was boring. And that theme was just blasting over his dialogue. Ugh. And I'm like, guys, maybe I'd like the scene better if that wasn't so damn distracting. I'm like, let it the was... man do his thing without this music, you know, weighing him down. It was too much. Just, we talked baby. about this last week. A score should enhance the movie, not take away. Yes. And in these extended scenes, it really took away a lot for me. Wow. Yeah. Next time we see each other in the flesh... I'm going to pull out the iPad. We're going to watch this cut together. Yeah, I want to know what you think about it. I want to have to watch it now. I want to know if you feel the same way as I do, because I maybe I am wrong. Maybe I have so much fondness and the original is so precious to me that I just can't accept this new version. And that's All really right. what I'm we'll wondering. Give a, we'll give it a watch. So, I'll let you know. So listeners, tell me what you think. Producer's cut original cut by the way neither makes any sense the storylines on both of them are like wait what that's still there i mean they explain the whole thorn symbol a lot more but it's still like really guys you're reaching yeah they really worked <laughs> themselves into a corner by the time we got to this one i think story-wise yeah. yeah a little bit <laughs> okay rant over for now it's gonna come up again but for now i'm letting it drop for those of you who have not seen Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, here is the synopsis. Spoilers up the wazoo on this one. Yes, many spoilers ahead. Six years after Michael Myers last terrorized Haddonfield, he returns in pursuit of his niece, Jamie Lloyd, who escaped his thorn cult with her newborn child. That's his? It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> What? Yeah, <laughs> that also that that is one plot point that really got to me about this is Michael was not a sexual being at all. Not at all. No, not at all. So no, just yeah. just, just no. On so that, much no. So much no on this plot point. That's the only gripe, a real big gripe I have with the story is no. Yeah. Directed by Joe Chappelle. Joe has produced shows like Chicago Fire, Fringe, The Wire, CSI Miami. And he directed some of those shows, along with other shows and movies. Those are just the big guys. Written by Daniel Farrens. We talked about him in The Haunting in Connecticut and Havenhurst. He did those oh, as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Starring baby Paul Rudd. Ah, <laughs> he's so cute and i was like oh he's baby in this baby and baby marianne hagan mm -hmm. i mean this is both of their first movies this came out after clueless but it was filmed before clueless for paul okay so this is technically his first movie it's marianne's first and it also stars of course kim darby i love some kim darby donald pleasance returns in his final performance before he passes away is dr loomis and george p wilbur returning as michael myers mm. okay let's jump in with our favorite kill 
Why would he want to kill his own girlfriend? There's always some stupid bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend. Here's another bitch I had about this. Okay. This is rare this happens in an extended version. There is less gore and effects in the extended version. What the hell? That doesn't make any sense. Thank you. Normally, what? in this extended cuts, they threw in everything. The MPAA made him take out. Yeah. So that's why. That's why you have extended versions so that you get more gore. Yeah. So my kill on this, if we were to revisit this in a few years, which we're not going to, but if we were to, and I watched the other version, I probably would have a list of kills, but I don't because I didn't get that gore that I love and remember so fondly. So I only have one favorite kill. Okay, go for it. Barry Sims. That's it. Mainly because of the reveal is awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. What about you? What you got? Okay, um, so um, there's a couple that I really like. Um, I think my favorite is going to go to the dad. So John Strode is his name, mm -hmm. right? John? Okay. Um, I just like it because um, of that, like, electrical moment. Um, so, you know, he, like, he, like, knifes him. But then, like, he puts him against the electrical thing, whatever it is. And, like, he kind of, like, blows up. Um, and it's like awesome. I'm like, okay, I like that. So that's probably my favorite one. Um, I doesn't also that, like. Doesn't that happen in like part four or part five too? Something gets electrocuted I feel like against. Gets like, electrocuted. Yeah. In my brain, and it's been a year since I've seen these, so I know I'm like, wrong. And they blur in, together. Yeah, in my brain, it's a, a worker. I think you're right. Outside, gets, like, like against the yeah, like a construction worker. I'm seeing darkness. It's at night. I'm seeing rain, and he like gets like electrocuted. Or maybe it's this so. one. I, I don't even know. know anymore. Unless I'm thinking of a totally different movie now, where somebody gets put up against like an electrical box, and it's like raining. Is it a different <laughs> that that could rain. be true also? <laughs> well, I know the electricity in this one is cool, and I liked it. Yes. <laughs> um i also like now i'm trying to think of who it was but i like when michael pushes the guy's face into the prison bars like into the bars mm -hmm. that is really really dope too like what a horrible thing because your face is like right there seeing everything as your like face is being smashed into like something love that kind of eyeball adjacent you know what i mean so yeah like it and honestly, like, I didn't see the version that you did where Jamie comes back, but I do <sighs> like, I do like her kill, like, in the theatrical version because, Me too. you know, she gets, like, put, I don't even know what that machine is that she, like, gets put onto, but he turns it on and it goes, I don't know what that is, but that's pretty brutal. She pretty much gets demolished physically, right? Like, yeah. Like, she, he puts her on this thing and it's, like, spiky. Yeah. But I don't know what the machine is because I'm like, what do you even use that for? But anyway, on that spiky thing and he turns it on and it's pretty dope. In some of the other scenes in this version I watched, they find her half alive and they take her to the hospital and she dies in the hospital. And Loomis is feeling so much guilt over it all. Because he's like, it's my fault. Because he lost her when yeah. he lost her six years ago, right? So he's yeah. again, he's, he's losing his shit, just like he did in part five. I was gonna say this. It sounds like a great Loomis meltdown, though. Like it's my fault. You it know, was. I lost it, her. Actually, it was a great Loomis meltdown. I just wish that that hospital scene wasn't there, and maybe it happened when they found her body or something. Wow, that's so weird. Changed everything. 
it changed everything. It wasn't just a little bit. It changed everything. That's why I'm dying. I'm dying this episode is going to be the weirdest episode ever because we both watched two different, different versions. It's kind so, of fun, though. It is so fun. It is so fun. I'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm like, ah. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, but I love me some Barry Sims. I love that actor. And I love, I love his reveal or he just falls from the tree. <laughs> it's so good for me. I know it is good. Yeah. I do wish that I could have seen the other kills in their entirety for this recording, though. Because by the time I realized that, it was too late. And I didn't have time. Jeez. I know. I'm so mad. I mean, I'm so hot that this was, like, changed so much. I don't like it. Again, this movie is so precious to me. How dare you? I know. It's like, leave it alone. Okay. Let's talk about our fashion moments. So many looks. Yeah, looks. Well, I know that my favorite... My winner is the it's the couple's costume. It's oh, the yeah. it's the Frankie and the bride costume. I really liked it because it's kind of like a modern take on on Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein. And I thought they did such a cute job. Like it was adorable. So that's my favorite look of the whole thing is the couple's costume. Um, also, I'm just like a sucker for like army green colored like big jackets because a lot of characters I love in shows wore them like Lindsay and Freaks and Geeks. And I've always wanted like a nice army green jacket since then. Um, so Beth uh, has an mm. army green jacket um, that I really, really loved because it reminded me of like freaks and geeks a little bit and then um there's one point where danny's wearing a backwards hat like baseball hat and i thought it was kind of cute so Aww. but those last two were kind of like so so for me but really the couple's costume was very cute my winner goes to barry sims at the party there you go i mean it's awesome it's awesome <laughs> it really plays on his douchebag character and i love it so much honorable mention to the robes all of them Oh, yeah. That was a panic pick went before I chose Barry. But I also really loved Kara. That's her name, right? Kara? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kara's long flower skirt. And she's wearing a green top and a burgundy, really big, long, oversized, like, duster-type sweater. Because that is what we wore in 1995. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. I always had issues wearing those clothes though because i'm so short and they were not made for short people so when i got a dress like that my mom because she loves me would have to hem it up for me by like five inches there you go that's why it's my runner-up because i totally wore that outfit definitely best hair how's my hair hurricane proof hey it's all about the hair we have a hot guy poof in the house Oh, hell yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> My winner, Baby Rudd with this hot guy poof. Aww, little Paul Rudd, hot guy poof. <laughs> so good. So good. He's so handsome in this. Like He really is. I've always handsome. thought he was really handsome. So He's one of those actors. I've seen memes about this on Facebook where he it's like ages in reverse. He still looks exactly the same except better. I know he looks even better, but also the same. <laughs> so weird. So no, he has aged so well. I mean, I think he hasn't aged as much as he's 
his facial features have matured. Yes. He doesn't really look old. He just, nope. things became more defined as he got older. Anyway. He grew Auntie. even more into his sexiness. Oh my God, it yes. Just keeps happening. For sure. Put <laughs> it out, Paul Rudd. So, <laughs> but don't stop, ever. <laughs> baby Paul Rudd's hot guy poof wins it for me. What about you? Well, I'm glad you mentioned the hot guy poof. I really liked it too. But um, my favorite so stupid it's so stu- so stupid um anyway um there's a moment where michael mike michael myers silhouette is on the wall like a shadow right and then you see like the little strands of hair on the silhouette um i have to give it to that because i chuckled over it and i loved it and i'm just like there's a little a little one in a shadow um so that is my winner for sure but also, special mention to Loomis's white, I'm retired beard. I love his I'm retired white beard. <laughs> Loomis. I know. Donald. Oh, we miss you. We miss you. I have an honorable mention to Kara. Obviously, she has her great head of curls on her. And, you know, curly girls got to stick together. Oh, my goodness. Gorge. So gorgeous. Oh. Prop yes. we would like to own. I brought something out from my train. Where did you get that? That's ping pong. Give me your winner. Okay. My winner, I really want it. I really want it. Is the kind of like Michael Myers yard decoration, I called it, that the kids put in the yard. And it says he's coming. And it's so awesome. And, you know, Mr. Strode, like, takes it. And he's like, this Michael Myers shit or whatever. Um, So I love that. And I would proudly display that every Halloween. That is my winner also. Oh, it's so good. Since we're talking about signs, there is a protest sign that has Michael Myers with his... face crossed out and it's just a background thing when you know when they're at the the halloween shindig the first halloween party they've had in like six years so i really like that sign that is also on my list girl um it says like welcome halloween as the circle around michael myers and the x mm-hmm. or the line through it yep i i really liked that too i'm gonna keep this paper product sign train going along here i also really want the strode reality sign the sold strode reality sign that's out front Okay, I didn't have that, but I have another sign. I got the train station sign. That's literally my last item. (laughs) All paper, all signs and paper products for me on this one. All signs. Okay, (laughs) so got that. There is a lamp in Dr. Loomis's home I kind of want. It's in the background. I liked it. I want it. Girl, you and your your (laughs) lamps. (laughs) And clocks. I know. Me and my set decor, honestly. Yes. Yeah, I I liked it. I want it. Last but not least, another piece of set decor is, again, it's a throwaway piece. I took this note, and I had to really try to figure out what the fuck I was talking about. I just wrote Rex. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And then I realized in Danny's room, there's a stuffed dinosaur that looks an awful lot like Rex from Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And since this was filmed, like, the same year... I wonder yeah. if it's the same toy. Maybe not exactly oh. alike. I think this one was a skinnier dinosaur and maybe a little taller. But similar. Very similar and very close in years on when this was made. So I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. I wanted that. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Epic lines. Boy, 
next word that comes out of your mouth better be some brilliant fucking Mark Twain shit because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. Okay, so I had two. And I will say I love, I I do like this movie, um, but I did struggle a little bit with mines. I will say, like, mine kind of came more towards the front half of the movie, I would say. Um, and then as I go through my notes, I'm like, oh, I stopped kind of writing mines at one point here. Um, so my favorite one, um, <laughs> this line just cracks, cracks me up. Um, it's You know, this is good. I can see the tabloids now. Psycho lays nympho, the best sex he ever dismembers. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was like, I love it. It's like a horror joke, kind of. And I loved it. Um, okay. And then I also had to give one to Loomis because we love us some Loomis, all right? Sam, I want you to come back to Smith's Grove. You should know that it's not wise to play Halloween pranks on me. Yep, definitely. I don't have any Loomis lines for once. Well, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a whole lot of Loomis in it. There's some Loomis moments. You got See, more. I got more, but they weren't so epic lines. Yeah. It was more storytelling devices. It wasn't as liney as his other lines and. Does that make any sense? Yeah, Wasn't as limey as other lines and his other movies? I know. Anyway. I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyhow, my winner, hands down, 100%, no question. And if you know me, you know it is when Daddy John is bitching about those damn kids. Shit. Facing my property. <laughs> showed them john they were just kids kids my dear deborah what's ruining this country everywhere you go it's the same damn thing there's no goddamn respect uh, i rest my case so good damn right sir you might be an asshole but i agree with this so one. we are on the same page on some things yep <laughs> my honorable mention I really only had two big ones, and it's honestly almost a tie. If I didn't feel so strongly about children, these might be a tie. And that comes from, from Mr. Barry Sims. Ten minutes in that house, and I'll have the fruitcake medium in the country calling in, trying to channel the spirit of that pussy Michael Myers. <laughs> sure, we can do another show on him. Kick the audience in the face enough, and they'll, they'll lick you all over. Love it. <laughs> Love it. I love I love me some Leo Jeter so much. Like love this guy so much. So oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about him in acting. He is one of my favorite cast members in this movie. Aww. I did have another one that I meant to write down and I didn't give it to Nina. Sorry. I'll find it for you. But it's when they're leaving to go to school after the kids stuff. Tonight's the night we bring some life back into this town. I really like that one too because that's like that's like us. That's like us three when we're going out in the town to party. We're gonna bring some life back into this town. Yeah, <laughs> paint the town Halloween orange. <laughs> paint the town blood red. Yes. Okay, it is time to talk about our acting. But before we do that, we need to take an ad break. Now there's about twenty of them out there. What will we do? <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't worry, we're safe in here. They'll never get in. Why is it that in every zombie story, people always think that their safe haven is invulnerable? I know, it's like, hello, the walkers are totally gonna get in. You better get ready for it. <laughs> Diane, get behind me. No, it's not stopping. Do something, Jack! And another thing, how come nobody in a zombie story has ever seen a zombie story? Do you know how much time in human life would be saved if just one person in the group was up on the genre? What do we do? Aim for, for the, the head. head. What? Aim, Aim for, for the, the head. head. You heard them. Aim for the head. Quick, Diane, I think we should try and fix the barricades. I think we should listen to them. Now that's the first good idea they've had all episode. I still don't think they're going to make it. Aim for the Head, a weekly podcast covering the hit AMC programs The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Join hosts Diana and Steve as they recap and discuss the latest episodes. Aim for the Head, available on iTunes. You can also follow them on Facebook. And now for actors. You know every face in here. i got a respect for the unknown actor. Okay, so... We've talked Donald Pleasance to death every single year. I don't think we need to go over that again, do we? No, uh, I will just add one more. Hey, we love him. We and love him. See previous episodes. <laughs> Seriously, all four of them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we might have even brought him up in the third one, too, just as an because... honorable, because how can we not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that brings me to another point. We talked amongst ourselves yesterday about wanting to do another Argento movie per listener request. And we talked about doing demons. But also in the future, I would love to do Phenomenon. Me too. I love that movie. I mean, and we also got young Jennifer Conley in it. And that is seriously. like awesome. I love her. So I'm like, oh, we got both of them. Like, I know. And it's Argento. Well, and there's bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the second, maybe third. I think that's the third Argento movie I ever saw. Oh, it's a good one. I saw Mother of Tears first. Ooh, sorry. You know, right? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's talk George P. Wilbur. We just lost him this year. I remember people posting about it, and I was so sad because I love mm. this guy. And everyone who met him and knew him said he was a really lovely human before and after his death. It wasn't he died and now people want to talk good. They always said he was a wonderful person to meet and really good to his fans. Mm -hmm. Acting wise, he did Halloween 4. Michael Myers, obviously. He was the bailiff in Ghostbusters 2. He was in the Mission Impossible TV show from the 70s. Ooh. He was in every which way but loose. He was an orderly in Firestarter. He was in Simon and Simon, the running man, but he was a big stunt guy. He did stunts for tons of things, including Blazing Saddles, Gunsmoke, Grizzly, The White Buffalo. That was one of my dad's favorites. Aww. Escape from New York, Poltergeist 1 and 2, Firestarter, Ghostbusters, Reanimator, The Burbs. Yep. So many uh, I love. Exorcist 3. I love Exorcist 3. Silence of the Lambs. Mm -hmm. The Vagrant. Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Halloween 5. Tales from the Crypt. And I talked about this last week, Dr. Giggles. Yes. <laughs> 
among other things. That's the crazy part. That's not even all of it. I know. A lot. Man had bars. There's a credit for additional shape. Another actor doubled the shape. A. Michael Lerner. He was also a stuntman. He did stunts for Total Recall, Mercury Rising, Northern Exposure, Mannequin Part 2, I think. I think he did Part 2. Better Off Dead and one of my childhood favorites before I started doing the horror thing. I loved Mother Goose's Rock and Rhyme. That sounds kind of familiar to me. Only Shelley kind Duvall. of. It was my intro to Shelley Duvall. Oh, Shelley. And she's got this crazy, amazing costume with this great big hat. She, I think she, she's Little Bo Peep. And her and Mother Goose's son named Gordon. Oh, Gordon. <laughs> Pretty Gordon Goose. Oh, I love that. Now I'm Listen, thinking of farm animals. It's cute. Listeners, if I got any of these details wrong, I apologize because I'm doing this purely off of memory. I'm not looking it up, and it's been about 30 years since I've seen it. I don't Gordon think you could make Goose. this up, though. You remember it. <laughs> and it had so many cameos. This movie was full of stars playing all of Mother Goose's characters. We had um, Harry Anderson. I think he was Humpty Dumpty. ZZ Top were the... The men in, in the boat, or who am I talking about? You know the nursery room I'm talking about. The men yes. in the tub. Yeah, And they were rowing through the movie. <laughs> They'd pop oh. up every now and then. That's so funny. Um, Brian Setzer and the Stray Cats sang a song in a concert situation. This is my first exposure to Brian Setzer as well. And it you began a him. lifelong love affair with his music. And so many others cameoed. I want to say Sammy Davis Jr. was in it at some point. I could wow. be wrong. I'm talking legends. Legends were in this movie. If you guys are of my age or older, possibly a little younger, tell me if you remember Mother Goose's Rock and Rhyme. Yeah. Sounds badass. It was so badass. Man, I can't believe I remembered that all without looking. I think I got all that right. Stuck with you, girl. Just like that Alice in Wonderland from 1985 stuck with yeah. me again. Full of cameos. So, yeah, guys, you got to check it out. It's awesome. <laughs> Anything else you have for our two Michaels? No, that's pretty good. I mean, they, George has like such an extensive resume. It's like crazy. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, he was a great loss to the horror community this year. I know. All right. Starring and introducing Paul Rudd as Tommy Doyle. Not Jarvis, Summer yeah. Doyle. Let's just bounce like we like to do. Okay. You can lead. Okay. Well, then I will just lead with Clueless. I knew it. Anchorman. Oh, love that one. Um, 40-Year-Old Virgin. Huh. Let's continue if this is 40. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Okay. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I love that one. Okay. Little, little known fact. He played Nick in the made-for-TV version from early 2000s of The Great Gatsby. Oh, wow. Okay, I haven't I seen know. that. Um, I Love You, Man. Oh, I love so that cute. one. I, I also, I really love Dinner for Schmucks. I love that one, too. <laughs> I also like Our Idiot Brother. Oh, yeah. Knocked Up? <laughs> Wet Hot American Summer. Um, all iterations of it. <laughs> Cider House Rules. Oh, gosh. I haven't seen that one in ages. Yeah. Um, they came together was really cute. I don't know that one. It's him and um, Amy Poehler. Oh wow, it's really cute. 
Night at the Museum. Aww. Speaking of Amy Poehler, um, he has like a little five episode arc in Parks and Rec. Oh, he's yeah. great in that. Mm-hmm. Last, I have Object of My Affection. Last couple that I have, Walk Hard, which is oh, hilarious. Yeah. And then he's also in Romeo and Juliet, which I haven't seen in ages, but I really need to rewatch it because it keeps popping up in my life. And I'm like, I need that. The 96 version? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I, I was only like, saw that once when it came out. Oh, you need to rewatch it. I need to rewatch it. I love that movie. <laughs> Watch Party, anyone? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Also starring and introducing Marianne Hagen as Kara Strode. You know, I'm going to lead with this. Most recently, she was in The Forest Hills, which also had Shelley Duvall in it. I, yeah, I've been wanting to, I'm really interested in it because it has Shelly and mm-hmm. it's been a while since she's been in something and I'm like, oh, I have to see this then. Um, and so that yeah, was, I'm... that was the one that we talked about um, in our panel that was produced by The Grim Life, co-produced oh, yeah. by The Grim Life. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's okay. the one. Gotta see this one. Mm-hmm. Now it's funny because like, I, I know her from this really well, but I don't actually know a lot of her other movies. Like I knew her in Stakeland. Um, that was about it. Honestly. Honestly, I don't think I, I don't know her from any movies. It's all shows for me. Yeah. And I know these shows. Like I know we're her in these shows. She had two episodes of Law and Order. She did Third Watch. I watched that. I was obsessed with the show Ed starring Tom Cavanaugh. Loved Ed. Mm. She was in the season one episode of Early Edition. The pilot, actually. She played Kyle wow. Chandler's ex-wife. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Major Dad. We've talked Beautiful. about this. And I think in our Castle Freak episode, I love Major Dad. That's my, one of my mom's shows. So it brings back all the childhood feels when I watch that show. Aww. All right. Kim Darby playing Deborah Strode. Her last role was in 2017, The Evil Within. That was a good movie. And that movie, I want to say that was a movie that, that it says 2017. I could be mistaken, but I think this movie was made way before 2017 and it just didn't come out till then. I'm talking way before. I hope I might have the wrong movie, but yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Got anything for her? You know, she's another one where I thought I knew her a lot more than I did. I mean, Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> and she's in some, you know, episodes of uh, TV shows and stuff that I definitely know. But there were like one episode, two episode kind of kind of things. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize her from this, obviously, because she was like an extra part. She was one of the teenagers in Bye Bye Birdie. Mm-hmm. I saw that. These other things I really do remember. True Grit. She was in Better Off Dead. She was in, I've talked about this recently. I can't remember in which episode. The original version of Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. I think it's 1969. Mm. It's so good. I like it better. They remade it in the 2000s at some point that had um, Katie Holmes in it. Oh, wow. Okay. But I really love the original. It's, I believe it's a just a movie of the week. It's so effective. They have these little creatures in it. And they come out in the dark. And oh my God, guys, it's so good. One of my former coworkers, little Amy. So we call her little Amy because she's like four foot nothing. Uh, My hero. Right? (laughs) It's not often I get to say I'm taller than somebody. And I was. I physically looked down on her. 
and that That's never happens yes ever <laughs> <laughs> So she was trying to describe a movie to me like last year and she was describing this movie and I said, don't be afraid of the dark. She said, yes. How did you know that? And I love that movie. I rented that Aww. movie about, I rented that movie maybe 20 years ago and I've really loved it since. Anyway, that's really one. That's really, 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 really what I remember her most from that. And she was in an episode of Becker. She played a nun. But she was out of, as he put it, costume. So he didn't know she was a nun. And he saved her life by giving her the Heimlich or something, right? Mm -hmm. And she's so grateful that he saved her life. She bakes him cookies. And he thinks she's stalking him. Oh, my God. And she's actually a nun. (laughs) She's a nun. And eventually... She just happened to show up at the same restaurant he was eating at. And he walks over to her table and flips out on her. And the father that she's with is like, sister, are you okay? And he's like, sister, that's not fair. You're not wearing the uniform. That's so funny. That's <laughs> Nina's cute. Nina's laughing. Nina, come on on. You remember this, right? Yes. Oh, my God. I love that episode so much. <laughs> I love the cookies. He's like, they're poisoned. I know they're poisoned. Yes. Just so delusional that anybody could be so nice to him. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) She was just so grateful. She showed up at his office, brought him cookies. And when she showed up at the restaurant, he freaked. He thought thought she was obsessed with him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Then he finds out she's a nun. You're not wearing the uniform. That's so cute. (laughs) Aww. It's one of my favorite episodes. That's so cute. <laughs> and we know I love that show. Yeah. So, yeah, I know her from Becker and Don't Be Afraid of the Dark more than anything. And then this. For sure. Bradford English playing John Strode. He's one of our veterans. He's done a lot over the last, like, 40 years. Uh, what do you have for him? You know, I knew him best from um, Basic Instinct and Wolf. Mm, Wolf. Talked about Wolf recently, I'm sure. I feel like we did. We've brought it up before, for sure. It was for for cursed performance amnesia, guys. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) It was two weeks ago. I know. I'm like, that was recently, too. Damn. Okay. He was in a later episode of Touched by an Angel about like baseball parents. He did movies of the week. He did one called Determination of Death with William Cat and Veronica Hamill. Love that one. That was like 2000-ish. He did Dying to Love You with Tim Matheson. That was early 90s. He said, woof. Uh, I know him from Party of Five because, again, that was on right before 90210. So I watched that. There you that. go. Mm-hmm. It was in the lineup. Lots of shows. Lots of shows. But specifically, I remember Different Strokes, Jake and the Fat Man, as we know. Diagnosis Murder spun off from that, and that's like a favorite of mine so i like jake and the fat man and he did the a-team tj hooker in dallas and so many other things damn big shows he was on some big shows huge shows huge shows i really remember those made for tv movies and touched by an angel tim strode keith bogart 31 credits i kind of only really remember him though this is reoccurring on fresh prince and maybe party of five yeah, um, and then he was also played a really small part in Velvet Buzzsaw. So I 
kind of, like I remember I've seen that movie, but I'm like, I don't like specifically remember him, but it's a small part. He did ER, he did Nash Bridges, Joan of Arcadia, Southland, all big shows that lasted so long. Yeah. So he's a big TV show guy. But obviously my moment for him was the nineties. Mariah O'Brien playing Beth. Beth is so pretty. I know. This movie is full of very pretty people. It really is. I think Clark said it once in one of our episodes, pretty people with problems. Yep. It was, um, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> How do you remember that? I don't. I don't I remember what he said. Because <laughs> it's the ultimate pretty people with problems movie. <laughs> Love that movie. Okay. Uh, she had a reoccurring on Once and Again in season three. I love that show. So I really remember her in that. A few other things. Do you have anything? Yeah, she was in an episode of Buffy, so I have to mention that. You yes. know, she was in um, an episode of Charm too, I think. And mm-hmm. then um, she did play a small part in Being John Malkovich, and I love that movie. So, got to mention movie. that one. Mm-hmm. Great movie. It really yeah, is. Charm season three. Love season three. Yeah. All right, Devin Gardner playing Danny Strode, our kid. He only had three credits. The last one was in 1999. In a kid called Danger. That could be the name of this movie, honestly. Yeah. I'm assuming you don't know any of his other stuff. I I didn't know him, but I was surprised because I thought he, you know, for a young actor, I thought he Mm -hmm. did good in this. And he was was adorable, like super cute. So I'm like, oh, I would have expected to see him in a little bit more. Yeah, he did really well. I wonder what he decided to do after this. I wonder where his life took him after showbiz. Love to know. Totally. All right. As much as I love all those cast members, I have a deep love and admiration for Leo Jeter playing Barry Sims. Take it away, girl. Go for may it. I, may I? May I? May I just do this? Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> Linnea Quigley's boyfriend in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part One. I know. <laughs> Fuck yeah. He yeah. A, he gave him a good fight. Oh yeah. Dead. He was rich and footloose. Hmm. He's in the stand. He was in Near Dark. I know you like Near Dark. I do. Henry really loved No Way Out. So mm-hmm. I've seen that one many a times. He was in the movie of the week, Harmful Intent, with, again, Tim Matheson and Emma Sams. He was in The Shadow of the Past. Whose daughter is she? And, again, Out of Annie's Past. Those three were all in 1995. And he is an executive producer on some very, very popular shows, The Closer, Major Crimes. And he plays the same shock jock character in Penny Dreadful from 2005. I do not know this Penny Dreadful, but I want to. I haven't actually seen it. I know some people who really like it. And so I really want to check it out. We must check it out. Yeah. And I know he's done some writing as well. So, I mean, this guy, you know, he's done so much in the industry, in all parts of the industry. And the fact that he played Barry Sims in another thing, what? So awesome. Ten years later, it made me go, is he a real DJ? Was he a real, like, shock jock? Was that his alter ego? I hope so. I couldn't find anything saying that's true. So that's just me fantasizing, Uh, but I wish, I wish he had that alter ego. That would be so awesome. That would be so awesome. I'm going to live in your fantasy there and believe that that is the truth. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The more the merrier in Summer's Fantasy World. (laughs) Come on in. (laughs) Do you have anything I missed? Because he did do more. I just brought out some highlights. 
No, you know, you hit the main ones that I I had written down. The ones, the main things that I know him from were the ones you led with. <laughs> when Halloween 6 came out, I had not seen Silent Night, Deadly Night yet. But I remember when I did see it, the most visceral reaction I had was, Hey, you know that, that guy. He's that jerk guy. <laughs> okay. Mitchell Ryan playing Dr. Wynn. Oh, we lost him last year to heart failure. He was 88 years mm. old. Oh, wow. Shall we ping pong on this? Do you have anything for him? He was a I big had, veteran. Yeah, I know. He was in a lot of stuff. I just wrote down a couple things for him, actually. I wrote down, let's see, where did my list go? Okay. Gross Point Blank. Oh, yeah. And he was in Liar Liar as well. I love Liar Liar. I do, too. The color of the pen is royal blue. <laughs> You know, it's a good family film. There's a moral to it, but it's not so heavy-handed. Exactly. It's, it's really still fun. Funny. It's not preachy. The cast, the cast is great. Yeah. His secretary was amazing. I know. I loved it when she stood up to his ass. And, of course, she's a legend, too. Anyhow, Liar Liar yes. still holds up. I watch it every few years, honestly. It's so good still. Um, Dharma and Greg, regular. I was just gonna say he was in a lot of Dharma and Greg. <laughs> he played the dad. Which dad? I think he played Greg's dad. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Pretty sure it was Greg's dad. Santa Barbara. I loved Santa Barbara. I saw that. Uh, it was a soap opera back, way back. Thirty. So he did thirty-six episodes of that. Oh, he was a regular on Dark Shadows, the original, of course. Oh, hundred and seven episodes, girl. Damn. He had a reoccurring on Wings. I love Stephen mm-hmm. Weber, so I love Wings. He did Silk Stockings, the very, very short-lived television show, 2000 Malibu Road, Jake and the Fat Man, Dallas, Murder, She Wrote, Renegade, Ed, the movie about the monkey, Charlie Shawlotter's in it, <laughs> oh my the gosh. monkey that plays the baseball. Remember this movie? Kind of. There was a lot of like monkey movies. I feel monkey like that trouble. came. Yes, <laughs> monkey business. Like there, there was a lot of kids like monkey movies like that came out during that time where monkeys. We were just into them. Okay. This one had Matt LeBlanc in it. Oh, nice. <laughs> sure. Talked about this. I think it was a Christy Adams episode. Face to die for. It's the movie of the week from 1996 with Yasmin Bleak and. Star, another movie of the week, Jenny Garth and Terry Farrell. Loved it. Nice. All right, J.C. Brandy, a.k.a. Justine Brandy, playing Jamie Lloyd. Do you have anything for her? I didn't know her. I really didn't. Got a little bit. First of all, she was a musician. According to the internet, she's a songwriter and guitarist for the all-female band Lowball and has written some songs on soundtracks that included... That were included in What Lies Beneath and Legally Blonde. Nice. She's also British, which explains a lot. It explains some things. I was, I've always, she really didn't feel right to me in this part. And I always thought that was because I loved Danielle so much. And Danielle wanted to do it, but they told her no. Because they wouldn't pay her. I mean, I know this is true. She said so. They wouldn't pay her. So she had to pass. Yeah. But I also I always thought that it was that, but something about her speech and her dialect wasn't right for me. 
and that must be that she must have a, a, a British something going on in her tone and that's why Maybe. I didn't fit for me she didn't have that Midwest thing going on but she was also in the victim small part with Daniel Harris and Jennifer Blanc Jennifer mm-hmm. produced that with her husband Michael Bean and Michael also directed that and she was also the music supervisor in that movie as well so if you if you haven't seen the victim you can check that one out on Tubi she was in Devil in the Flesh. I want to do that movie on this show sometime. I keep meaning to bring yeah. it up and I keep forgetting. Nina, can you make a note? Devil in the Flesh. Rose McGowan. So good. I know. I keep saying the cover and I'm like, I want to see this. I want to see this. I love her. And I'm like, the cover looks awesome. Yeah, I really want to see it. Silk Stockings and a movie of the week. Menendez, A Killing in Beverly Hills. Clearly we know oh. what that's about. Yes. <laughs> Mrs. Blankenship. Playing by Janice Nickerham. She passed away in 2013 at 87 years old. She only had 15 credits. And she didn't start her career on screen until this movie. She was 60 years old. It's never too late. If you want to be an actor, follow your dreams and just do it. I love that. Now, I only had one item for her, but it's I know what you do. (laughs) It's SLC Punk. I fucking love that movie i know you do i know you do yes (laughs) i only have promised land i love that show it was season two she's awesome as always tom proctor playing our motorist small small part in this he had 91 credits including for me a reoccurring in the show nashville which i loved and he was in guardians of the galaxy and 12 years of slave so he does he did some movies and shows yeah I feel bad because I like must have skipped over him. I'm looking at his picture right now Small and I'm like, roll. I know. And I'm like, I know this guy, but uh, just looking just off the top of my list here. I mean, he was in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, he was in the 2018 version of Benji, which I have not seen, but I liked the original Benji. I don't know that one either. Right. He's been in a lot of, yeah, 12 Years a Slave, like you said, Django Unchained. He's been in a lot of stuff. Definitely. Cinematography. I've I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Billy Dixon did our cinematography on this one. He also did One Tree Hill. Allie McBeal. The movie Grotesque with Linda Blair from 1988. Have you seen that? No, but that was my birth year, so I got to see it. It used to be on Tubi. I think it still is. So check it out. And The Hills Have Eyes Part 2 from 1984. He also wrote and directed a Christmas movie that I loved starring shawnee smith it's called believe christmas and shawnee i'm in yeah yeah i watched that one a few years ago it was pretty good oh okay our notes are going to be different maybe because we watched so many different things i'll let you take it away and we'll see if i have anything different Okay, so um, this is definitely a hallway delight of a movie. There's some really good hallways in this one where I'm just like, hallway there, hallway there. Whoa, blue hallway. So it was like lots of good hallways. So there's that kind of like blue light hallway in the very beginning with Jamie and they're like running and everything. I liked that. Um, Let's see. There's also when like the nurse before the nurse gets killed, she's standing in the hallway and you got that great where Mike comes up behind her. Um, So lots of really, really good hallway moments that I loved. I have some more. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Would not have seen until you watch this other version. The scenes when they go into the sanitarium, the closed down thing. 
are so vastly different between these two versions. I think the version you saw is more of a low light hallway situation. Looks very closed down, very abandoned, very dank, scary, yeah. creepy, lots of shadows, overhead eerie lights, the whole bit, right? In my version, fluorescent lighting, like in a real hospital, very oh. bright, very white. So many whites in these hallways. In the theatrical cut, I remember the hallways being more dirty, gray, run down, gross, grimy, like it's been closed yeah. and abandoned for years. That's the feeling I got from those hallways. In this other version, it looks new, it looks functioning. So many hallways, different hallways. I cannot wait for you to see this version because of the hallways. Whoa, okay. Continue. Well I also really like um, Michael's shadow. There's when he's going up, like I think he's going up some stairs and the rain is basically like reflecting on the wall and then you see his shadow on the wall and it looks really beautiful. That toilet terror scene's great. And you got like the hands pushing his hand he's pushing the stalls open. Really love all of that. Um, this, the Halloween franchise is a thing with stalls. Yeah, I know. I'm for it. Pro, pro toilet terror again. Yeah, I know. Um, I also really like mm, Mrs. Strode's like chase scene because mm -hmm. she's like on the phone. She drops the phone. The camera goes down to her shoes. You know, then she's out there in the laundry, and um, there's this cool like POV, like kind of the camera like circles around, and she drops her glasses. I love me a good chase scene, and I thought that one was really cool how they filmed it because the camera like moves and goes down to her shoes and it's dynamic and really, really cool. And then the other thing that I just wanted to mention, um, and then I'll let you take it away. There's this moment where, what is our, what is our main girl's name? Kira, Kara, Kara. Um, one of those. The, I'm not sure which one I think one it's Kara. Right. I'm pretty it's sure it's Kara, but I could be wrong. So she's like, there's the moment where she's looking for Mrs. Strode um, after she's been killed, right? Mm -hmm. And like, it's really interesting because it shows all these shots of Kara in these different like door frames. So she's like kind of looking for, for her. And as mm -hmm. the audience, we're sad because we know that she's dead. Um, and that's hard because <laughs> she has that like sweet kind of demeanor and stuff. She's helping Kara out, you know, giving her money and mm -hmm. like supporting her. And you're like, no. Um, but anyway, I really liked how they did that. It's like this series of shots of Kara, like in a standing in a door frame and looking, like looking for mom. And then it's another shot. She's standing in a door frame and like looking down the stairs. So I just liked the natural framing there. I thought it was really cool. You know which natural framing I really liked, mm -hmm. loved, seems always stuck with me. I'm not sure if this is in the one I watched, but I vividly remember it from the one you watched. And that's our Tommy reveal in the window getting framed by the window. Yeah. That and it's nice. not like a waist up situation. It is a lengthwise window. Yeah. <laughs> I've always loved it. I've always loved it. You pretty much covered it all. I, uh, again, I'm going off a of memory of theatrical version. I loved the whole Paul Marion hiding in the crevices of the hospital there's a really cool eyeball shot if i recall correctly am i wrong or she's there's so they're like looking at the eyes and the eyeball just like turns like towards the camera and it's so it's when they're like looking at the babies and then they find they're looking for the kid is what they're doing okay yeah and then they find the kid there in catatonic state essentially and yeah. there's like just a close-up of this eye it's a profile view, but the eye looks to the side. So it's like looking at the camera. I just love that. 
That's cool. Yeah. And then again, you talked about the Michael Myers shadow hair thing. I really love that scene when they're like hiding and trying to be super duper still in the same scene, basically. Yeah. They're trying to be super duper still while Michael is stalking around as he does. I liked all the shadow work in that. I'm not sure if you said that or not. The shadow work was really cool. It wasn't too dark. It was so good. We, we've talked about this just last week. Things that are shot in the dark sometimes come out way too dark. You can't see what's going on. We lose so much by not being able to see. And this was pretty perfect in the lighting of it all. I agree. There wasn't really any points where I was like, I can't really see. Like there were some darker moments, but like I didn't have that problem of not being able to see what was going on. Exactly. And again, just lots of silhouettes. Yeah, there was also a really pretty moment um, towards that end, you know, where Danny has the baby. Um, and so he's hiding, like he's sitting just out of reach from Michael. Mm-hmm. It's when he mm-hmm. yells out, like, you know, because he's Michael is like attacking, you know, Kara or whatever. And that's when he yells out, you know, and so Michael sees him and he's reaching for him, but he just can't reach him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lighting in that was really cool. The way it was like framed. I really mm-hmm. liked that shot too. Where yeah. Danny's just like hiding with the baby there and Michael just can't get to him. Yeah, All right. Special effects. Man, that one made me puke. It's supposed to make you puke. Girl, I got nothing. Failed on this part of my notes. It's all right, girl. I, I, I got I you. Was, I think I was so frustrated <laughs> with the version I was watching that I just tapped out and quit. So this has got to be all you. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I don't have all that many notes on special effects. We already oh, talked guess. about, yeah, we already talked about some of the kills that we like, right? Yeah, we talked about yeah. some of those already. Um, just a couple other things I really liked, though. Um, I don't know. This is not a special effect. It's a sound effect, I guess. But there's one point where somebody's typing on the keyboard uh, of, of the computer. I think it might be Paul Red, And it's so loud. The keyboard is like, you're typing. I understand. And I'm like, that sound effect, they're like, blow up the keyboards you know like amp up the volume on the computer keyboard and it's like tap 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 but he was on a computer yeah okay okay i'm keyboard keyboard like computer keyboard yeah i was for some reason i've envisioned loomis's typewriter because i've been hearing those maybe that was that too i think he was on a computer the time i'm thinking Loomis was on the typewriter at the beginning yeah tommy would have been on a computer but i remember loomis's typing sounds yes amplified typing all around in this one the typewriter almost uh, made my prop list by the way oh it was beautiful yes yeah. some other little special effects moments i liked um there's one guy and i'm trying to remember who it was now but like michael twist his neck like to kill him and i always like a good neck twist yeah. so that looked pretty dope um there's also like that um the nurse in the beginning where i don't know what that spike was that he like stuck her head on i don't know why that was hanging out there but i liked it It was almost like a little homage to one you know where he stands Mm -hmm. back and looks at her hanging up on the spike you know by her head thought that was a kind of cool little homage to one when he stands back and looks at him so i liked that too and i don't know if this is really a special effect but the lead up to Mr. Strode's death where he hears the washing machine going like nuts. I do like when he opens it up and there's like bloody, bloody clothes and all this stuff. So I liked that too. Like a good washing machine coming into play there. It always makes me think of like my bloody Valentine. 
Yeah, we talked about this also in what movie? I know we did recently about washing machines, and now I can't remember what I, was probably my favorite kill. It involved a washing machine because the body in spins around in the top. It it's like in it. The legs. It, it was it was a video dead. Yes, that's it. I was like, oh, the legs are in there. Yes, I yeah. wish we got a body in there. I know, me too. Um, but I did want to ask because you know um, people have strong feelings about the different masks. Of course, um, what do you think of this mask? Yeah, I do. I it's yeah. People don't. I was gonna say. I feel like this is one of the masks that people do not like. Like I feel like feel like I've seen this mask come up in memes. This particular one. I might be wrong. Yeah, it might be like no. part five, but I feel like it's this well, one. Part five too. Yeah. I think I don't know. I just like its features on it. I like. I I can't even explain it. I like. I think it has more definition in maybe like mouth wrinkles and stuff like that. Yeah. I just think it has more detail in the face than people like to give it credit for. It has some weird discolorations too. Part of it kind of looks yellow, yellow and weathered. I like it. I do. The hair is a little crazy. I'm not going to defend the hair. The hair is a little weird. But overall, I enjoy this mask a lot more than part five. Yeah. People don't. I definitely like, yeah. That's a very controversial opinion of mine. People really don't like this mask. I don't mind it. It's not horrible. I don't think it's like the worst one the hair is crazy but it's not bad i really don't like the masks in resurrect resurrection i don't yeah. like those because they had several masks also and i don't like any of them another special effect note which is on all of the both versions is burn scars I like the burns oh, yeah. got burns michael got burns lots of burns happened in this franchise I don't think this was in your version, but in my version, there's a bunch of extended conversation when the doctor is trying to convince Loomis to come out of retirement. One of these pieces of conversation is Loomis comments on getting plastic surgery and skin grafts. So now he doesn't scare children anymore. <laughs> Aww. So Loomis went through a lot of explosions and fire issues. <laughs> He's a little bit. Poor guy. So much yeah so that was part of the plot in the version i watched at least so I, but i really like our scars and i love how we focus a lot on michael's hand scar yes music music is my life <laughs> okay composed again by alan harworth and paul rabjones Alan, we've talked about numerous times on this show. He worked on The Mask, Stargate. He worked on The Dentist, Army of Darkness, Total Recall, They Live, Gremlins, The Thing, the Jenny Garth TV movie without consent. Paul, who I don't think we've ever talked about, worked on a lot of the Fast and the Furious movies. He worked on Aquaman, The Rum Diary, Lord of Illusions, Children of the Corn Part 5, Shall We Dance, among others. Wow. We've discussed how I feel about the score in the version I watched. I didn't mind the version in the one you watched. Thoughts on our score on this one? Yeah. So, I mean, I like, I, obviously, the Halloween, like, theme and everything makes me happy whenever I hear it. Um, it does. Like I said earlier in the episode, um, I think that Halloween 6, the Halloween theme is a little bit more rockin'. Like, it's a mm -hmm. little... 
zippier than <laughs> some like the original one and some you know sometimes they'll kind of change it up a little bit mm-hmm. um so i thought it was a little bit more rocking um other than that you know i didn't really have a lot of notes for this one i wrote that we had our kind of like i call them like slicing kind of sounds in the music that slicey kind of sound some we also had piano five i think right with the oh slicing yeah of the pumpkin and i remember talking Definitely. about that and loving it in part five yes yes um yeah and then i just wrote there's that zippy theme again um so yeah um there were a couple parts uh, where you know i was a little like taken back by the music i was like because the theme just felt like loud and rocking at one or two points where i was like oh yeah there's the halloween theme um but i don't think it was nearly as distracting as what you described in this producer's extended cut thing so mad like at all <laughs> can't get over it i'm so annoyed anyway people like this version i guess including the people that made it me not so much i just i think the original is just too precious to me personally i think that's a, a me problem over anything else yeah it's hard when you love something you know and you're like you see it like change and you're like mm-hmm. yeah but it was perfect the way that it was why it wasn't <laughs> even perfect the way that it was it's far from perfect but it's I associate it with such fond memories. That's the problem. I can't get over oh. that. Yeah. When I say perfect, I mean personally, per- like perfect. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. Okay. Aging. Stand the test of time. I love the 90s. We've talked about this. I love the 90s. Oh, yeah. Clothes, hair, that computer with the runes on it. Just my favorite. It's like my one big aging note that I wrote. I'm like, oh my god, those runes on that computer though were awesome. (laughs) Oh, that computer. Oh boy. Yeah. Twist. Careful. This is the moment when the supposedly dead killer comes back to life for one last scare. Not in my movie. There's that whole uh baby thing that we talked about earlier and there's that and (laughs) everything that happened with jamie at the beginning here that we're finding out um okay voiceman i think that's what danny called the guy voiceman was bothering danny paul rudd is videoing her family drama her son has no father i don't like to call him a bastard that was mean of mr strode okay she hid the baby in the bathroom it's Tommy, okay? He's the kid. He's the kid. It's Tommy. He's grown up. Where is he then? You know what I mean? I actually kind of like that Tommy was brought in because he made sense for me as a character to like bring back into the series at some point. I mean, he really does because he was there, you know, and that would have obviously impacted him. So, Oh, I love, I love that Tommy was brought back. And I read online, too. I don't know if it's true. They tried to find the original actor kid to reprise his role but because he had stopped the business and this was like before imdb pro and stuff you know so he didn't have representation so they couldn't find him i don't know if that's true but i would like to believe that it's true paul rudd is a great choice don't get me wrong but it would have been really special like insidious did to bring back our original tommy oh that would have been cool but i love i love that they brought tommy into into halloween again um i love that okay okay miss show didn't know the house's history curse of thorn i'm just gonna leave it at that he hears the voice like little mike did oh yeah that doctor is the cult leader guy and grandma mrs whatever her name was blankenship she's part of that 
to the bad guys have the baby uh, and Danny. And then Mike's gone again. Menacing laugh. I don't have the ending that you had. Okay. Here's the deal. By the time I got to the ending, I half tuned out because I was so disgusted. <laughs> With I, was, I was puking my brains out because I was so sick of this movie. <laughs> Definitely. Nina, why don't you come on and help me out on this one? Because Nina, I think, knows it a little bit more than I do. She, when I told her that I was watching the wrong version, <laughs> in my opinion, she said to me, well, just wait till the end. It's way different. And she was not wrong. Nina, it's mm-hmm. my understanding that they they delve a lot more into the thorn thing. They mm-hmm. explain a lot about the thorn stuff. In my opinion, I think they explain a little too much about yeah. the thorn stuff. And I really didn't care at this point. <laughs> Is that how you felt? Absolutely. Um, I think the more you know about thorn, the less it makes sense. So it's better to just leave out some of the details. Uh, And there was this really weird scene where baby Paul Rudd is talking to Loomis. Just baby Mm -hmm. Paul Rudd for me in this whole episode. He's talking to Loomis, right? And he's telling him how they can defeat the evil rune with the good rune. With another rune. (laughs) Oh, no. I know. They got into the runes. With with the evil rune, with with a good rune, they can counteract each other. And I went... Really? And what's weird is like they I don't even know how how what that what they were talking about translated into what they ended up doing because Paul Rudd literally just put like little stones on the ground in a circle formation and as soon as Michael oh. got in it he just stopped like a robot like he was just stopped and just staring and they were like okay now we can run and that's why it, <laughs> it's like why the fuck would Loomis go back then like just leave it Yeah, I <laughs> like, know. Just leave it. But <laughs> Uh, so the whole chase sequence with Paul Rudd and Kara and everything—that's gone. It's just gone. They get out. Gone. They they drive off into all the, the shadow work I talked about. Yeah, gone. none of it. Zero. All gone. Didn't happen. And then uh, so the Loomis eyeball comes didn't back. happen. Yeah, Loomis comes back. Uh, Michael Myers is just like laying there on the ground in his circle <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. We don't know. And then, oh like, God. he takes off his mask. We assume he's going to kill Michael, and it's the doctor guy instead of Michael. So Michael is gone. And then, what, the doctor guy, like, grabs his Loomis's hand or something, and then, like, Loomis gets the tattoo on his hand, and he's basically like, it's your problem now, or whatever. And the tattoo appears on Loomis's Yeah, just appears magically. Oh, no. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, no. Also followed by a no. Remember how you hear yeah. things going up? They, they yeah. let that in. Oh, no. But the context of where it was was not good yeah. at all. Really. Wow. Wow. Thank Girls, you, Nina. That's, Thank uh, you. that's a strange one. Mm-hmm. It was too much. It slowed everything down. I much prefer that chase to what we got none of it makes sense neither version makes sense they tried to explain things to make it make sense and they made it worse keep it a mystery because it still doesn't make sense people yeah honestly did we did we need the thorn thing at all like i well that's what they started in part five so they were working with what i know I know, but I'm like, did we ever really need it? Never really worked for me. But I will say, 
runes are one of those things. I think in theory, they seem cooler and more interesting than they actually are. And when you actually start have to fighting, ru fighting runes with runes, you, then you're like, ah, this is one of those forms of magic and practices of magic that is not as cool as it might have sounded conceptually. And Because now are... we're just playing with rocks. <laughs> <laughs> and you got like the bad ones, and I got the good ones, and my runes beat your runes. It's like a board game all of a sudden. Yeah, I know. Definitely seem yeah. cooler in theory than they actually are in use. Now, runes are really interesting in this time period of movies because not too long before this, two, two years, three years, maybe, Warlock 2 brought the runes in, but they made it make more sense. I'm telling you, I think that people thought runes were cooler than they were. They're like, I know we can add runes into it. They're mystical, you know, and they can be powerful. We they're, you know, people don't know a lot about them, so they're these powerful stones. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I didn't, no. <laughs> no. Listeners, you couldn't see the expression on my face when Nina was explaining this all to you, but it was basically hand over face in despair. Like, that extended I bit ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm stuck on the runes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. So it's like that's weird the, stuff that got added in there. That's the twist I got. Now, they did what they did with the theatrical version because in the test screenings, what they had flopped big time. I don't think what they had was what was in this version, though, that I saw. I think it was probably a combination of the two and maybe some other stuff too. So they did what they did because people didn't like what they had. And if what they had was anywhere close to what I watched, I'm with them. Yeah. Pacing. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? Now my version dragged balls because it had all those added scenes we didn't need, all those extra explanations, the dumbness of, no. So my version bored me to tears. Where is, I remember watching your version, and I liked the pacing a lot better. It was shorter too. Yeah, the pacing I didn't really have too many like issues with on this one. I, I can't really think of any points where it like super dragged for me or anything. It's good. Sounds like your version was a lot draggier. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just because of the runtime it was just didn't need yeah. it yeah yeah didn't need it scary <laughs> okay so the scariest part about this movie is the whole childbirth of it all <laughs> yeah yeah we're all three like anti-childbirth anti-children when they're our own over here. So that's pretty frightening. But does anything yeah. else scare you, Jamie? Uh, I don't think so. I'm like trying to think. I'm like, am I scared of anything else in there? I'm not scared of runes, that's for fucking sure. Um, no, Someone I think- Someone tries to threaten you with runes. You mean those rocks? Yeah, I'm like, bring it on. Uh, bring it on. Bring on your little runes, your little rocks. I'm not afraid. Yeah. No, this one wasn't too scary. <laughs> but the baby thing, yeah. Yeah. Story. Tell us the story. 
What story? Yours. You know what? I've already said all I need to say. What do you have? I think I said about all I need to say too. We've kind of been talking about the story and our thoughts on that throughout this one. Um, yeah, I'll just like bring it back to saying like the whole thing with Thorn, the Thorn thing. I was never really super into that concept just because I just didn't think that it paid off, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't really think that it was necessary. I don't really think that it added anything other than like a little bit of additional confusion, especially when you guys got more explanation than was needed. And then it made it really confusing. And it's like, what, 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 why? Um, like, huh? I just don't think we needed any of that. I know that like, you know, they set it up. So they're like, well, you know, we, we, we set it up for the throw. And so now we have to swing at it, but still it's like, did we really need that? And the whole, the whole baby thing, but we've already talked about this. <laughs> just Gross. to reiterate how I feel. Gross. I'm. This isn't Michael's thing. It's not his thing ever. No. And I read something online which I thought was even more disgusting, like really gross. And I'm like, okay, you guys are reaching. I don't know what you're trying to do to make this thing a thing. But people implied online that Danny was really Kara's dad's baby. You and where do you get that from? Jamie, we had this this listeners for a second here. Jamie was so stunned that she was perfectly still with this look of disgust on her face. And I thought her screen was frozen. I almost said, Jamie, are yeah. you still there? <laughs> and I'd have been like, yeah, I'm just processing. I'm just processing. Give me a second. <laughs> yeah. I, I, ah, the internet I mean, will be the internet. You saw this theory on the internet. The internet will be the internet. I'm like, that's... why would anyone even think? think that i never got that i just thought he like didn't like his daughter anymore because she left the family and went and when they had a bastard baby but I they're like you. he didn't like her because it's his baby i'm like wait what no okay well hey jb yeah do you have taglines Okay, now um, I would like to say, wow, there's six of them for part six. There's actually like eight. Um, So just hang with me, everybody. Hang on. And if you remember, the taglines for part five were atrocious. One of them was a full paragraph description. (laughs) One of these is a paragraph. Um, um, Some of them are okay, though. Okay, here we go. Six times the terror. Six times the fear. Six times the thrills. This is part six, y'all, in case you didn't know. Okay. True terror never dies. Could be anything. The only thing more terrifying than how it started is how it ends. Terror never rests in peace. Everyone knows his name. Now everyone will know the truth. (laughs) So, so stupid. I'm sorry. Okay. The only thing more terrifying than how it began is how it will end. So just a variation of that other one. They really were relying on that word terror. They really were. They really were. It's like, guys, grab a thesaurus. There's other words here. Okay. One has tracked his murderous past. The other is a student of the black arts. On Friday, September 29th, a mystery will be revealed. The only thing more terrifying than how it began is how it will end. It's all in caps. So they just took pieces from all the other ones and put them together and then added the release date, I guess. And all the, anyway, there's that paragraph. And then Haddonfield is ready to celebrate Halloween. So is Michael Myers. 
I like that one. I think I'll go with that one because I forget all the rest of it. There's so much terror and so much six. <laughs> I like that last one. That's tells you exactly what's going on. In it's cute movie. too. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So, guys. Had a lot of them on this one. They were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much terror. Couldn't resist. I know. Overall movie rating. I'm going to give you two ratings because I have two different versions in my brain, but take it away with the theatrical version, Jamie. Okay. Um, Well, again, like I said, this one, um, you know, arguably not like the best one of the franchise, but again, like I said, it's not the worst. And it really grew on me this time watching it after like dissecting it, um, finding what I really loved about it, you know, and um, like laughing about a couple of the weird things about it. Um, all that being said, I think I'm just going to give it like a straight up, I think I'm going to give it like a six. Not bad. That's not bad at all, honestly. Yeah. Okay. It's increased for me over time for sure. And I'm like, yeah. maybe I was just too harsh on this movie in the past, but I didn't like the thorn thing. I didn't like the baby thing, but cinematography is cool. There's some cool actors in it. The kills are actually pretty cool. So I think I was too harsh on it before. You had nothing to compare it to. Uh, you don't like the new ones. Mm-hmm. So having seen those now, I think you saw how That's bad it, it could be. And yeah. I was like, oh, this isn't actually that bad at all compared to that. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that really did help my score go up and like increase my appreciation for this one. Because I tell you what, seeing this other cut is actually making my other score improve. I could see that. <laughs> okay. Before doing my homework, based on memory alone i give theatrical cut five five in a mask you know right down the middle not terrible i like i dislike at least four installments way worse okay Mm -hmm. yeah so not bad at all kind of falls in the middle of the franchise don't love it don't hate Mm -hmm. it have a great fondness for it doing my homework on this extended cut i'm giving this extended cut like a two yeah. Having now seen the extended cut, my rating for part six theatrical is going up to like uh, seven and Halloween party. So damn near an eight. And part wow. of that is my nostalgia for the theater of but all. I mean, I know part of this is just my first experience with it all. But they really ruined their edit for me they fucked it up in my opinion so bad what were y'all thinking i know oh no so that that made my my original rating like skyrocket and i am dying to know listeners am i the only one that feels this way did you like the producer's cut better or the theatrical cut this is not a fan favorite of the franchise i understand that which did you like better and why? Let us know in our comments. It's fun fact time. That's the fact, Jack! That's the fact, Jack! Yay! Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. Apparently this had 11 rewrites before they filmed it. Wow. Or, let me say, before they finished it. It wasn't quite the issues Cursed had where they filmed most of it and then threw it all away and started over again. 
that didn't happen. But there was a lot of issues because of this. The writer direct the writer suggested the film be called The Curse of Michael Myers due to the trouble production. <sighs> Apparently, most of the cast and crew disowned this movie. Um, wow. In early 1995, after filming and editing was completed, Halloween 6 was given a test screening, which, as described by Marianne Hagen, consisted primarily of 14-year-old boys. And during the Q&A afterwards, one of them expressed great displeasure at the ending of the film, which entailed a Celtic ritual and the passing of the curse of the thorn to Dr. Loomis. So it sounds like the original ending was what I saw. Yeah. This led to reshoots to craft a brand new ending. But there is a big problem. And that is the fact that Donald Pleasance had already died in February. Yeah. And that always made sense to me because I always thought this new ending was so weird because they couldn't finish it because he was dead. So I thought in my brain, that's why I thought this ending, this theatrical ending was so, it felt unfinished and so weird yeah. and left you hanging. Ha, 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 just leaves with him screaming into the yeah. abyss. We don't even see him. That's what I thought it was. So I'm partly right. And so they changed about 20 minutes of the footage. That's all that chase we have going on without Loomis around, leaving gaping plot holes. Yeah. And they say it rendered the film nearly incomprehensible. But in my opinion, this other cut I'm seeing, while they explain a lot, it still makes zero sense. Fucking rocks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Again, that's part of what they started to do in part five. So they were just working with what they had. And by this time, I think they kind of had run into a corner. They backed themselves into a corner with the story and they didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah, I think so. Okay, the title of, of this movie, this might play into your taglines, Jamie. The title of this movie was Halloween 666. Oh, terror. That, right? And 666. Yeah. Daniel wanted to bridge the gap in films between four and five and then also bring in part of one. Obviously, we got that with our Tommy character, which again, we love that part. That's great. Yeah. Daniel considers both versions of the film are poor, but he likes the version I hate more, according to the internet. Sorry, dude. I respectfully disagree. Yeah. Deborah and John Strode were named after John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Oh, that's cute. Right. I really like that. I hope that's back. I do too. Apparently, this is the only Halloween in the entire franchise that was filmed in the fall. Oh, wow. Ooh, those chase scenes we like during the hallway chase. Michael was played by A. Michael Lerner. So that's when we have him playing Michael. Oh. During production of this film, the distributor, which was Dimension, was having budget issues with Hellraiser 4. So they mm. cut... Halloween's budget to help accommodate Hellraiser, according to the internet. Okay. Like in parts four and parts five, this was mostly shot in Salt Lake City. So Salt Lake was the home for a few of these, which is cool. Yeah. Now, in the version I saw, Donald Pleasance had this whole opening monologue. It was a voiceover situation, giving backstory on what's happened until now. Kind of like what Friday the 13th did in the beginning of their movies. They maybe mm -hmm. did a campfire story telling what, what happened up until now. I didn't mind that. I didn't. Apparently, they say that Jamie knows how to, how to drive 
despite having been a prisoner since a young age. But I'm like, just like Michael knew, is it hereditary? These Myers people just know how to drive. Oh, they're just born with it. Driving with it. abilities. <laughs> this is fun. The name Mrs. Blankenship is a reference to Halloween 3. When Ellie says her father had an appointment with Minnie Blankenship. I knew the name sounded really familiar and I was like, how do I know the name? And I love part three. So that makes sense to me. I thought it sounded familiar too. Yeah. The room used in the sanitarium where Kara escapes from is numbered 237 after The Shining. A writer originally hoped that Michael Myers, Mike Myers, Austin Powers, Mike Myers would voice uh, and play Barry Sims. Oh, (laughs) I would have... As much as I love Leo, and I'm so happy we have Leo, that would have been fucking fun. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> Apparently, there's a subtle reference to the 78 Halloween when Tommy Doyle accidentally destroys a pumpkin he's holding after school. Oh, yeah. And this one, Danny accidentally destroys his pumpkin. This had an original director, which was Fred Walton. This is the first time hearing about this. Fred mm. directed When a Stranger Calls. Okay. George P. Wilbur is the first person to be able to play Michael more than once. Since then, we've had Tyler Maine playing it and James Jude Courtney playing it. Yeah. There's more fun facts about runes, but I think we've talked enough about those. <laughs> Alan Haworth's score was redone when the film went through reshoots. Hmm. Maybe I don't like it because it wasn't what I'm hearing isn't his. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe what you heard, the rockin' version, wasn't his. It might have been. Yeah. Such a mystery. Mm -hmm. The movie Mrs. Blankenship is watching is The Phantom of the Opera from 1925. Hey. And this is the first Halloween movie where a sheriff in Haddonfield, except for part three, obviously, is not our main character. Yeah. Don't know if this is true. Wendy Benson. We just talked about in Wishmaster, she was the sister, mm-hmm. auditioned for the role of Kara. Oh, wow. I wonder if that's true. <laughs> okay, some car talk with Summer. Are you ready for car talk? I'm so ready. Beth drives a 62 Chevy convertible, 967. I loved it. Almost made my prop list. We know this. Tommy's car is a Jeep CJ5. I love a Jeep as well. I don't know how to drive Mm -hmm. a stick, so that wouldn't work for me. And Barry Sims drove a 1992 Ford Econoline. The van we had as a kid was an Econoline. Can't remember what year, probably the 70s. But the Econoline series, I know it well. Okay, that's all I got for fun facts. Yeah. It's time. Can you guys tell I'm so fatigued? With this movie right now, I don't think I've ever felt so mentally drained and disgusted when talking about a movie that I, I loved. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm so like over it. Like I'm but, done uh, with this thing. <laughs> I'm saying I'm done way before we say I'm done at the end. I'm done. I'm fucking done. Yeah. But before I can be done, it's time to talk about the fun part of our show. And that is the shout outs. Yeah. First, we must shout out Patreons John, Alex, Mike, and Bill. And there was much rejoicing. Shout out, whoop, whoop, whoop. Gentlemen, pro or con Halloween 6? And which version? Let me know. Let us know. Dying to know. 
I don't know. Artist Clark. So what are you, an artist or something? These are rather good. They're very good, actually. Same thing. Pro or con? Halloween 6 and mm -hmm. which version? I don't know. Clark created some amazing art for us last year for our so Halloween. Good. Yeah, you So got good. You got to be Jamie Lloyd Clown, and I got to live oh. out my dreams and be Jamie Lloyd Princess. I know. It was so good. I loved them. It was so good. I'm going to repost those. because I think you should. They're so good. Never forget. Never forget. I know. And author David O'Hanlon. What's that book about? Oh, this is something special. I mean, this is a babysitter movie series. Yes. Trait. So once again, David, this has your name written all over it. David, if you can write a story that like makes runes badass and like scary, I'd be very impressed and I would like to read that book. So that is my challenge to you, David. Um, you need to make runes scary for the first time ever because they've never been scary. Good luck with those rocks, David. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Last but not least, let's have Nina back on. Hello. Hello, hey. Nina. Thank you, thank you for assisting me during this episode. <laughs> I needed yes. the backup. <laughs> no worries buddy system <laughs> okay nina which version did you see first theatrical <laughs> and when was that i was probably nine years old yeah okay. i was watching them all the way through for the first time so he was In my order? favorite yes of course oh that is magical i wish i had that experience <laughs> it was glorious Aww. and what about the first time you saw this weird version I'm not really sure. Um, I think I think I was an adult by then. I think I was probably like 21 or so. And uh, I just stumbled upon it kind of like you did. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, uh, it's always uh, interesting to see people's reaction to this version. <laughs> did you have the same reaction as I did or with the music and stuff and the weird added scenes? Or did you like it more? I didn't like it more. I don't think the music really bothered me as much, but the ending I was not a fan of. I really like the chase sequence at the end and the theatrical. Um, that was one of the more tense um, scenes for me. And Indeed. and the kills, like, it lost all of that. So I think I was just confused and, like, it felt kind of like a out-of-body experience almost. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Uh, it would have been great if they could add some of the Loomis scenes into the theatrical, but other than that, and the singing girl, like, I didn't really care for this version whatsoever, so I'm glad they changed it. See, I, on the other hand, prefer her chanting it over singing it. Yeah, I, I think it's more childlike to sing it, so it's yeah, like a game to her until she realizes what the hell is going yeah. on, so I like it. I gotta watch it. I'll send it to you. I'll send you that. I'll send you. I'll take a video of that scene. I'll send you both. Yeah, so I can compare. Yeah, I I gave uh, Nina uh, one of them to use, and she has the other one, so it'll be in the yeah. episode. But I want you to know this before this drops. Yeah. yeah. In two months, I want you to know. Yeah. Um, I was not a or fan of the singing. I I don't know why 
she aggravated me. She annoyed me. I thought the chanting just felt unnatural. Like, your mom's not even around. Like, your mom's not even paying attention to you because she's a horrible mm -hmm. parent. So, yeah. like, why are you just saying, Mom, it's raining. Mom, it's raining red. Mom, Mom. Like, oh, my God. I, it's more annoying <laughs> no. to me. So I'd rather hear her sing. If so. I'm being perfectly honest, I could have completely done without all of that. And my perfect version of that scene is there is no fucking kid <laughs> and baby Paul Rudd is walking along and then gets dripped on like he does and looks up and then Barry falls. That's my favorite thing that would have happened. I think it's creepier to see like a child especially like she's in a little angel costume or whatever and it's so innocent and pure and then she's like covered in blood. Covered in blood <laughs> and it, she doesn't realize what it is because she's dumb. But, like, yeah. it's so innocent and pure, and it's a very jarring image. And, like, Tommy's reaction to it all is fucking awesome. So I yeah. love that scene. I will say the blood is very pretty. Very pretty. It's it a great color. Bright red. Great color. Okay, Nina. Type of line. I've got two. Um, my honorable mention, I'm just going to start with that, is Mrs. Blankenship, uh, her little monologue about why we celebrate Halloween. Do you know why we celebrate Halloween? Because that's when we go trick-or-treating and get candy. Well, yes, but a long, long time ago, it was a night of great power. When the days grew short and the spirits of the dead returned to their homes to warm themselves by the fireside. All across the land, huge bonfires were lit Oh, there was a marvelous celebration. People danced, and they played games, and they dressed up in costumes, hoping to ward off the evil spirits, especially the boogeyman. I love that. Yes, I do, um, too. Me too. But my winner has to go to Loomis. It's at the beginning. I don't remember if it's in the theatrical or not, but there's a scene where he's talking to the local sheriff, and of course they never believe him. Dr. Loomis. Yeah. Now they told me you'd be coming. Now I suggest you go right on back to your crackpot asylum. You people got no business in my town. Michael Myers is my business. It's been quiet here for six years, and that's the way it's gonna stay. And the last thing I need now is you going around spouting off ghost stories. I suppose it was a ghost that did all this. Huh? It was a ghost talking on the radio last night. And that's a ghost being carried out here right now. It's so <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love Loomis. I love it. That's such a Loomis thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. <laughs> okay, Nina, overall movie rating. So it's not my favorite, but it's definitely not my least favorite <laughs> after what we've seen. Um, yeah. But this one, it's uh, it's always fun for me to go back to the Jamie Lloyd ones. They're kind of my favorite ones of the franchise um, besides the original two. Um, so I'm going to have to give this one a six. Not bad. Yeah. Is that the theatrical cut? Yes. Or what about yeah. your, what's your rating on the other other one? Um, negative six. <laughs> Again, bringing the sixes in. Yeah, you can three, have your sixes. Yes. You know, three, we got three sixes. Hey. Oh, we did. Okay. So there yeah. we go. <laughs> That's our timeline. There you go. Halloween, six, six, yeah. six. <laughs> six, six, 
negative six. Six, yes. six, negative six. Yes. They're going to be like, is that a typo? Nope. 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 Mm -mm. We said what we said. Said what I said. Okay. Recent watches. But this is life. This isn't a movie. Sure it is, Sid. It's all. It's all a movie. It's all one great big movie. I got nothing, ladies. Nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> you know what was my recent watch? This was my recent watch. I finished my homework this morning. Okay, that was recent. <laughs> An hour before recording, I was still working on it. I uh, the only thing I have is that I I had Friday the Thirteenth the series like playing in the background at work. So Aww, ever since we recorded that episode, I've been rewatching them. Awesome. I loved, it. I loved the series. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad compared to some of the other ones we have. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, happy Halloween, doll collectors. We hope you have a wonderful and safe Halloween and at least watch one movie in the Halloween franchise. But yeah. let us know, what are your favorite non-Halloween franchise Halloween movies? Always love we to know that. Yeah, we talked about some different ones this time. Yeah. So, so that was exciting. I really loved your pick jamie natty knox and what did i pick pay the ghost <laughs> pay the ghost, pay the ghost. Yeah. pay the ghost and it was very exciting this year because both your pick jamie and mine were blind yeah I that know. never happens it's really fun never happens so that was exciting okay so with that i am done are you guys done i'm done until i find the till i watch the extended version and have thoughts but i'm done right now i can't wait <laughs> okay well, with that i'm summer and i'm jamie and you've been listening to the dolls of horror we will talk to you later bye, bye. this has been a presentation of the dolls of horror new episodes are uploaded every week if you'd like to reach out and say hello to the dolls or offer any movie suggestions feel free to send them an email at the dolls of horror at yahoo.com you can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram, both at The Dolls of Horror or on Twitter at Dolls of Horror for bonus content. If you really like the podcast and want to help out financially so that the dolls can keep making episodes, consider sending them a donation. Follow the link in the description or go to patreon.com slash The Dolls of Horror for more information. Thanks for listening. Bye! <laughs> and I know, of course, you like this one better than the last three that have come out. I know that. I did not like the last three. No. I'm not a fan. I'm not. I right. wanted to be. I was excited about them. Where I was like, yeah, new Halloween movies. This is going to be cool. I'm going to see them in the theater. And it's going to be great. And I'm going to be happy, happy, happy. And I was like, I'm not happy, happy, <laughs> happy after this. I'm like, I'm happy because I went to a movie and that was fun and I had popcorn. But it wasn't what I wanted. So. What are you doing over here, Loomis? Don't you right. have to go get Michael Myers or something? But I will say, runes are one of those things. I think in theory, they seem cooler and more interesting than they actually are. And when you actually start have to fighting, ru fighting runes with runes, 
you then you're like, ah, this is one of those forms of magic and practices of magic that is not as cool as it might have sounded conceptually. Like, that extended I bit ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm stuck on the runes. <laughs> yeah.